This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasures. You know what it is! It's Taco Tuesday! And welcome to your Taco Tuesday here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is dial 800 848-WABC 1-800-848-9222 Breaking news, here's Kevin What happened? Well, the USA holds on in their final World Cup uh, group stage game They beat Iran one nothing, eliminating the Iranians The Americans move on to the next round to face the Netherlands on Saturday morning Oh, I can't wait for Saturday morning after your show. They, they go on after. after. Oh, okay. Saturday morning extravaganza, 7 to 10 a.m. on Saturday on WABC Radio, followed by USA versus Netherlands. Great lineup, if you tell me. Yeah, that is a pretty good lineup. I've always wanted to see the Netherlands. <laughs> I didn't even know the Netherlands had a team. So, we, so, uh, so Iran loses, and the question that I have is, what happens to the Iranians on that soccer team? I mean, there were re- reports that they were. Some of them were forced to sing their national anthem, and when they thought the cameras were off of them, they stopped. Some of them stopped singing. So those guys will probably be, be put in what is Iran's version of a gulag if they're lucky. And this is no joke. So I'm not. I'm not kidding. So I mean, of course, congratulations to the USA uh, soccer team and all of that. I know many of you are big, big soccer fans. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big soccer fans. Woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> a record number of consumers are out shopping over the Thanksgiving weekend. That's what the National Retail Federation reports. 196.7 Americans went out of their homes. Well, some of them did. Shopped in stores and online. The total rose by 17 million people from last year. Now, I have a question. If 196.7 people can go shopping, many of them going to stores, what's the excuse on Election Day? Right? I mean, hear me? I just just axing. I'm just axing. If you can get out and go shopping on Black Friday after which comes, of course, after White Thursday. We learned that from Scott. Ay, ay, ay. Then, 
you can't go out on election day and vote. We need mail ballot places in these drop centers. I'm just asking. Asking. Person of color Friday. I like that. People of color Friday. We'll have to try to see whether we can incorporate that in next 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 year. But a, a record number of consumers are out shopping. And I contend that a lot of people are in the stores looking for deals because guess what? They can't find the deals that they want, some of them, online. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is out. He is slamming the White House, which is not the people of color White House, but the White House. They celebrate White Thursday for um, keeping a close eye on Twitter. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this little controversy, it all started with our favorite spokesperson. That would be the one, the only, the the paragon of press secretaries, Karine Jean-Pierre. Now, Karine Jean-Pierre took a question from a Reuters reporter, and rather than have me uh, describe uh, the goings-on, why don't we listen to our esteemed, our beloved White House press secretary as she gets the question and then answers it. Of course, the distinguished Karin Jean-Pierre. So here we go. Listen to this. This is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know, Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So, look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And, uh, look, um, we, you know, we have always been very clear um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when it comes to the hate that we're seeing, uh, that they, they take action, that they continue uh, to take action. Again, we're all keeping a close eye on this. We're all uh, uh, monitoring uh, what's what's currently uh, occurring, and uh, we see, you know, we see it with our own eyes of, of what you all are reporting, and just for for ourselves, what's happening on, on Twitter. Uh, but again, social media companies have a responsibility to prevent their platforms uh, from being used by any user uh, to incite violence, especially violence uh, directed at individual communities, as we have been seeing, and the president has been very clear on calling uh, that mm. out. He'll continue yeah, right. to do that, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. we're going to continue yeah. to monitor the situation. Go ahead. Yeah, we're going to continue to monitor a, private, monitor a social website. And, and she keeps talking about these, 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 this hate that's going on. But you notice one thing about little Karine Jean-Pierre. She never tells you what the hate was. She never tells you exactly what it was that they are finding that's so offensive. She never details and says, we have, we have a little chart here. And on this day, this is what Elon Musk allowed to happen on Twitter. On this day, this is what happened. They always just, they, they, they never have specifics. They just do these ad hominem attacks against Twitter and against Elon Musk. And the nerve of this little Reuters gal 
asking this question. Uh, uh, are you concerned about the disinformation? No, I'm concerned about the disinformation coming from Reuters. Who's who's in the White House is monitoring Reuters? Who's monitoring CNN for disinformation? Who's monitoring the L.A. Times, Washington Post for disinformation over at the White House? Nobody. So you're going to monitor Twitter? Oh, we're concerned because they said that they're growing. They have more subscribers. That, how does that concern you at the White House? What business of it is yours? What happens on that social media platform as long as people are not breaking the law? Well, they're not the only ones. This whole thing with Twitter, I mean, this is now the the libs feel like they've lost their main organ for disinformation and for Republican bashing. That's what's really going on here. So no less than Samuel L. Jackson. What does the L stand for? Is it like Luther or something like that? Lex Luther? Samuel L. Jackson was on The View with Joy Behar, who, by the way, had to apologize for a little bit of disinformation she put out there. We'll get to that after we listen to the quote from Mr. Jackson. And here's Joy Behar and Samuel L. Jackson. You would also, you've also been known to clap back at a politician or two in your day. You would also, you've also been known to clap back at a politician or two in your day, which I enjoy. Um, <laughs> what do you make of what's happening now uh, that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter? I'm a little frightened for his Twitter, frankly. What about you? I just quit it, you know. I, well, I have to. But there, have to there, there. there are so many more important things yeah. that we have to deal with. Like, we're busy trying to get Raphael you know, Warnock. Raphael Warnock yeah, we've got to go to the polls and Oh, yeah. As opposed yeah. to an idiot who probably doesn't even have a Twitter account that can't use Twitter. Yeah, but he's got a big, that's a big audience there. The, these Nazis can come in on those on those social media outlets. Well, those, I don't like um, that. People need to understand that, you know, everything that happens, Twitter is not a real world. Right. You know, it's you can a world for invisible people. And, you can, you can, you know, and Brittany Griner. And Brittany Griner. Yeah. Real, yeah. real world. Yeah. Real world stuff. Those are real world things that we Tweet need to do. Tweet that. Yeah. Elon Musk is Elon Musk. You know, he's... True. I have no idea what he is. <laughs> well, I, don't, he, I don't even he, know if he's a real well, person. he didn't invent Tesla. He's a businessman. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I and, thought he invented know. Tesla. He didn't even do that. No, he didn't do that. He didn't do the technology? No. Yeah. Well, whatever he did. And he's not building the tunnels that yeah. he promised no. the people he's going to build yeah. all over the world either. Yeah. So. And you know what? We don't, we don't really care what Elon <laughs> is doing. Thank you. We don't really care what Elon is doing. That's why we sit here and we talk about him all day long. Because we don't really care what Elon is doing. And and Samuel L. Jackson calls Herschel Walker an idiot who probably can't even figure out how to use Twitter, doesn't it? Yeah, that's really nice of you, Sam. That's really nice. You know, here you go. Somebody that you don't like, you just, just yeah, they're idiots. You know, we can say a lot about your political knowledge, Samuel. But we won't, because I try to be nice to people, something you need to learn how to do, perhaps. You know, this this guy, um, I used to have so much respect for Samuel Jackson. He's just another, just another Hollywood leftist. That's all. Another Hollywood leftist makes his money out off of the great people of America and then displays his hatred for half of them every chance he gets. That's all. Another Hollywood leftist. Now, as for Joy Behar, the always prepared, never, Joy Behar, 
You know, I used to work with Joy when she was at WABC. I could tell you stories, but I won't, and I won't ever, because it's not nice to tell stories out of school for people that you've worked with. You know, I don't, what's the point? But I worked with Joy Behar when she first came to WABC and used to arrive like five minutes before the show, um, or 10, 15 minutes before, and then whatever. Anyway, here's Miss, Miss Worried About Disinformation, Joy Behar. Joy Behar of The View apologized Tuesday. That would be today. While she's busy trying to knock Twitter down, she apologized Tuesday for spreading misinformation a day after she accused Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett of belonging to a religious hate group over her Catholic faith. I have to clarify something I said yesterday. I want to correct something I said on air when I stated that people of praise had been deemed a hate group. I just got them mixed up with another group. Oh, what group did you get them mixed up with, Joy? What group was it that you had in mind, Joy? It was inaccurate. So I don't think that's right. I should, I, I have to say, you know, sorry about, anyway, I conflated them. Sorry about that. I just spread some falsehoods about this group religious group, we call them a hate group. Sorry, didn't mean it. Wasn't prepared. Didn't mean it. Yeah, the article, of course, in American Wire News, states that for what it's worth, Joy Behar didn't reveal which group she supposedly conflated people of praise with. The flippant apology came after comments made on Monday's show when Behar and her fellow co-hosts were discussing Justice Coney Barrett declining to recuse herself from an LGBTQ case. Behar made up her own facts out of thin air, claiming the Southern Poverty Law Center had deemed people of praise a hate group. And you talk about another group of people, that group, the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center. Somebody ought to do a book about them if they haven't already. Yeah. And I say, by the way, on this note that uh, uh, Justice Barrett should recuse herself. Yeah, after after Katanji Brown-Jackson recuses herself from any case regarding a woman since she doesn't know what a woman is. Let's start with that recusal first. But you won't see these group of gals on The View, as uninformed as one of them is all the time, ever do that. Anyway, James Gold, Mark Stein is still in London. London town. He's enjoying old good old London town. So when he gets back, we'll have Mark back on with us. We're going to continue. A lot more news out there. I talked yesterday about this group, that fashion house, Balenciaga. I got it right, right? Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Almost. Balenciaga. I just can't. I have a mental block. Okay. I, 
Balenciaga. Woo! Balenciaga. Okay, Woo! they're back in the news. And today it's even worse than what I reported yesterday, if you can believe that. Yesterday, I mean, was one of those days when you hear the news story about Balenciaga, you want to take a shower afterwards. Today it's even worse. And these are these, you know, these are these super international leftists. Unbelievable. We'll be right back anyway. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly with your ear. Both Snurdly's Rush Hour, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Taco Tuesday. I'll be sure it brings us back on WABC. I'm looking at a story in the Daily Mail. The headline is Biden's non-binary nuclear waste guru used Vera Bradley bag for a month after stealing it from airport and unpacking female victims' clothes, but claims it was an accident. Keeps his job despite being charged. This White House says nothing. You mean to tell me that Karim Jompia didn't answer any questions about this guy? Sam Britton, that is his name. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say his because he's non-bet. Let me just go to the story. This is the Daily Mail's version. You can find the story at BizPack Review or American Wire, um, either one of those sites, and also the New York Post had a story on it today, too. Um, a non-binary drag queen working in a... Let me repeat. A non-binary drag queen working in a senior position in Joe Biden's Department of Energy, has admitted to stealing a suitcase from a baggage carousel and using it for their personal travel over the course of a month. Their personal travel. At first, Sam Britton, who dresses up in dresses, heels, with hairy male legs in these dresses, the guy looks to me, if you want to know what this guy looks like, picture a ball-headed young Matt Damon. And that's kind of what he, not to insult Matt, but that's what he looks like. And sometimes he's got a mustache on. He's got that Matt Damon kind of look going on, um, except he's ball-headed. And you can see that he's clearly got like the male pattern baldness thing, even though he's ball-headed with the shadows. 
And this guy dresses, it's an embarrassment. Little, little, I guess they call them princess dresses, weird lipstick. And I know you're not supposed to talk about the way people look. But um, the, the thing that you notice is it it looks bizarre. He's sitting in one in one photograph of someone with this mustache on with lipstick and this gown, and it's like, what in the? Hey, look, if people want to do this on their own, it's fine, but he represents the United States government. Okay, and this is supposedly, I guess, a move to satisfy diversity. But I don't know how it inspires any confidence. That's the only thing I'm saying. In the, I just don't understand it. Anyway, he stole somebody's bag. He dumped the clothes out, and he continues to travel around with this stolen bag. Now, why is he still in the government? Why is he still in holding government office? He's admitted to this, by the way. He says, oh, I was tired. Like, that's an excuse for stealing somebody's bag? He was asked by Minneapolis St. Paul Airport police if he had taken a bag that didn't belong to him, and he responded by saying, not that I know of, which is a lie to the police. An hour later... He responded and apologized for not being, quote-unquote, completely honest, for lying. And the sentence in the Daily Mail says they admitted to accidentally taking the bag, blaming tiredness for the confusion. They? Who is they? Him. He admitted. He admitted to taking the bag. Yet, he still... Recently re-elected Congresswoman Representative Lauren Boebert, 35, posted a pic of Britain dressed in a dress and tweeted, This man hired by Joe Biden is a thief. While ex-president Donald Trump's son, Donald Jr., 44, posted a screen grab of the Daily Mail's coverage of the story and wrote, Who could have seen this coming from they, them? One time, Trump advisor in the White House, Sebastian Gorka, posted a photo of Britain on social media and wrote, so this Biden official turns out to be a criminal? Does he still have his DOE clearance? Why, I suppose he does. Only thing could you imagine if this were a Republican. Now, on to the fashion warehouse. Kevin, what's the name of this place again? <clears throat> Balenciaga. Thank you. That place has taken a hit yet again. Balenciaga. See, I can say it. Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Has taken a hit yet again over photographs from an axed ad campaign that shows a book featuring a Belgian artist whose work includes... Depictions of castrated toddlers. Let me repeat one more time. 
Balenciaga has taken a hit yet again over photographs from an axed ad campaign that shows a book featuring a Belgian artist whose work includes depictions of castrated toddlers. Now, the artist's name is Michael, Michael Bormans. His work frequently includes teacher children. The David's Werner Gallery in Hong Kong, where Borman's Fire from the Sun has been shown, describes his paintings as, get this, toddlers engaged in playful but mysterious acts with Senator Overstones and insinuations of violence. In that same ad, a $3,000 Balenciaga X Adidas handbag was shown sitting on a desk alongside paperwork from a 2008 Supreme Court decision in U.S. versus Williams, which confirmed that the promotion of child pornography is illegal and not protected by freedom of speech. Now, folks... I cannot describe, and if you saw the pictures that are in question, you would be sickened to your stomach. You Have you seen these pictures, Kevin? I don't even want to see them again. Have you seen the pictures that I'm talking about? I've seen a couple of them, yeah. This current set of pictures. Oh, God. Scott, would you please describe the pictures I'm going to hand to you to this audience? Here are the pictures. Please describe the pictures that I just handed you to this audience. Uh, it appears to be two, two to three-year-old kids uh, with some sort of metallic paint on and their genitals blurred. That paint is supposed to be blood. Ah. They, it looks in black and white. You can see it in color. It's, they're smeared in what looks like blood. These two naked toddlers, naked with what appears to be blood, and supposedly what they appear to be playing with has been reported is severed body parts. This is what the left I, I Every day that there's another story about this fashion house, the people that they associate with, the people that apparently somebody in this company finds interesting because their materials are used, whether the ad campaign's ever made public or not. This particular ad campaign didn't even make it to the public, but this guy's book was in there. And people are now going around scouring these pictures from this, this, these fashion suits and looking at the stuff that's in the rooms. And what they're finding are things like these photographs, a book from a guy that has photographs of naked toddlers who were supposedly castrated. And that's why it's blocked out because they can't show you that in the newspaper that they were castrated castrated naked toddlers 
bloodied, playing with severed body parts. Now, who in the hell in their right mind comes up with something like this? And why would anybody, anybody, anybody with any kind of a moral compass in their body, in their consciousness, think that this is okay? This is the fashion house of the upper elite. This is the fashion house promoted by the likes of the Kim Kardashians of the world. This is the left, not just here, but overseas in Europe. What are these people doing? Who are these people? And why are they doing this? We are late for a break. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurd. We're coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Amy Winehouse brings us back on WABC. Talk Radio 77 in New York. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We are pleased to have with us Representative Byron Donalds. Byron, how are you, sir? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, Byron, there's a lot of whispering about you going on. I don't know. Your ears must be burning. You know, oh, what, the, what, you know, what, the, you know what the buzz is? No. The buzz is that people want to see you. They keep saying, here's the whisper. You know what? If DeSantis gets in the White House, Byron should be the next governor of Florida. That's what people are saying. (laughs) They are. I'm not kidding. People are telling me that all over the place. Well, I mean, look, first of all, that's, that's actually really cool. You know, I really appreciate people thinking, you know, that highly of me. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, Look, I, th- I just think that when you talk about being, you know, a governor or being in the leadership level, you just have to not be afraid of your own shadow. You got to make decisions to stand by them. And, you know, I think whether you're talking about um, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, you know, or what we've seen in effective leadership, nobody says you're going to call it right every single time. But what you have to do is you have to be able to stand on principle, have reasons for why you're doing what you're doing, and you move on. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think if you could do that, you could be successful. Let me ask you about a few things. Are you looking forward to this next session? Now you're going to be in the majority. Um, what are you hoping that the Republicans accomplish as the in look, they you're not we don't have the Senate, we don't have the White House. What do you think can happen? What how do you think Republicans be can be effective with being the majority in the House of Representatives? Well, the first thing is we can like stop the crazy train of bad policy that came from the Democrats. I mean, inflation, which is the number one issue and problem in the country. That was brought to us by the Democrats. The fentanyl crisis is brought to us by the Democrats. You have our oil or energy issues brought to us by the Democrats. I mean, look around the globe. You know, you have protests in Iran, protests in China, uh, invasion in Ukraine. I mean, that stuff wasn't happening when, when Donald Trump was president. And so I think that what, what the first thing is you bring a sense of normalcy back to public policy and just common sense, which so many people want to get back to. They just want to get back to common sense. 
let's repair the damage being brought to us by the Democrat Party and move from there. And so us having a majority just puts a pause on all these crazy policies that, you know, they, that they wanted to bring to us out of the White House and out of the Democrat Party. I mean, look, do you remember the policy on the Treasury Department being able to spy on every American's bank account over $60? Yes. That's yes. a policy brought by the Democrats. It's out of Joe Biden's White House. They wanted that. There's no way in hell that's coming out of a Republican House. I guarantee you that. So it's a stop to the craziness. Secondarily, um, it's just it's then it's about being able to actually uh, have oversight, make sure we're holding people accountable, making sure they follow the law. And then you have the purse strings to be able to try to do what you can to execute those things. All right. Now, let's talk about a piece of legislation, Byron, that's coming up. And that's this uh, this so-called respect for marriage bill, which is nothing of the sort. This bill actually will penalize people who religious people who hold traditional views about marriage. It gives the the government the ability to rip away the 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 tax code that that permits churches to operate without paying the, the taxes. It takes away their non nonprofit status if they disagree with the left's ideology on same-sex marriage. Now, I understand that that is a settled issue among a lot of people in the country, but there are religious people who, because they believe in their religion, who are not going, who don't go along with the conventional view of the left on this, and the Biden administration and twelve senators, Republican voted to press forward with this bill that would strip these religious people of their religious rights. It's going to come to the House. What do you expect to happen when this visits the House of Representatives? Uh, So what I think is going to happen is that the Democrats are going to vote it through. I'm not voting for it. I'm voting no. I voted no the first time. This bill is something that came up after the Dobbs decision came dropped because the Democrats were freaking out that that, uh, somehow they were going to go after the Obergefell ruling. And so they ran these bills to demonstrate to their voters that they're standing by same-sex marriage. I mean, look, first and foremost, I think people need to understand this. The marriage discussion is not even a federal issue. It is a state issue. The federal government doesn't define marriages. That's number one. It never has. It does it from a tax code perspective, but that's about it. Marriage licenses are issued by state governments. So, again, this is something that actually belongs in the hands of states, not at the federal level. But that's that's another point for another day. The key thing is nobody – there wasn't a Republican in the country I'm aware of that was running bills and running, running passing bills that were going after same-sex marriage and same-sex marriage. It was a non-issue. So for these Republican senators to vote for it makes no sense at all because it's a non-issue. Nobody is going after it. This is, this is falling prey to the to the narrative of the left and what's going to happen as a result unfortunately is that some americans are going to lose their religious liberty uh constitutional rights which are enshrined in our constitution uh, obergefell is frankly not enshrined in the constitution i don't really agree with the ruling per se but dude, if a man and a man want to live together that's your business like i'm not here to talk about what you do in your personal life We have bigger things to worry about in the United States. So for the United States Senate to take time to deal with this and then to send it to the House, number one, I feel, is something that we shouldn't even be considering because we don't need to. Number two, it's not an issue. 
who's the injured party here? Who's being hurt? Um, where's the injury where you have to make pass this law? I just think it's the wrong policy. We don't need to do it. And last but not least, marriages are actually set at state levels. They're not, there are no federal marriage licenses, folks. There are state marriage licenses. So that's, that's, that's my view on the whole thing. What is your view on the upcoming race for Speaker of the House? Uh, it is assumed that Kevin McCarthy and the, the mainstream press, it's assumed that Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next Speaker, but there are now five Republican House members who said, nope, we're not going for that. And there were scores of people in the base of the Republican Party grassroots who say that they are tired of leadership. They were disappointed when Mitch McConnell was um, uh, renamed the uh, Senate Minority Leader, and they are they are disappointed in Kevin McCarthy. They want a change. What do you say to people who want a change in Republican leadership? Uh, look, the first thing is, I'm just again, we when we do these interviews, I'm just going to be straight. I think Kevin's going to get there. I do. I think he's going to end up getting the votes. Um, I think that two things are going to occur. One, you know. Kevin's going to have a small majority to to manage, and the members aren't going to like go sheepishly into the night and just do whatever he says. They're going to want to see action. They're, I mean, whether it's investigations, passing legislation, they're going to want to see action on these fronts. Now, I think he, I think he'll do that. But for people who want to see change, it's going to be incumbent for them to start talking to their members of Congress more and more about who's in leadership and why and who they're going to choose to support. Because that's how this thing works. It's a, it's a member vote. The members are going to make this decision. I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, the closer we get, I think he finds a way to get to 218, and then we got to move on from there. Okay. We love you, Brian. We'd love to have you on. It's always a pleasure, Byron, to have you on. We want you to stay in touch with this term. We're looking for big things, hopefully, in terms of, as you said, a return to normalcy and stopping some of these flagrant um, some of them unconstitutional policies coming from the Biden administration, at least to put up roadblocks to some of the crazier notions that they've been doing. And so we hope you guys are able to accomplish that, Byron. And we'd love to have you back whenever you want to come back and uh, talk about something. The door is always open to you here. Listen, thanks for having me on. And trust me, I want to see these things accomplished, too. And if they're not being accomplished, you're going to hear from me. I promise you that. Thank you. Byron Donalds, ladies and gentlemen, representative from Florida. We'll be right back. Your phone call is coming up here on Bo Service Rush Hour, 800-848-WABC is that number. Coming back right after this. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, every day that happens to me. James Goldman on WABC. Talk Radio 77 in New York. I just knew too much. 
Yeah, this will make you crazy. And I don't mean that in a pun way. New York City says they will hospitalize more mentally ill people involuntarily. Mayor Adams has directed the police and emergency medical workers to hospitalize people they deem too mentally ill to care for themselves, even if they pose no threat to others. Now, I know there are going to be a lot of people that disagree with this. I'm not one of them, at least not now. I'm going to leave myself out and say that I could change my mind on this. But there are people who cannot take care of themselves. And one of the things that I've been saying all along is that this city has been derelict in dealing with the mentally ill. And it has been ever since Hugh Carey, Governor Hugh Carey, started releasing tons of them into the streets because the city, the state just didn't want to care anymore. There's also another issue here in New York, controversial New York City, $31 million textbook contract offers no discounts despite massive school. We're buying books on a no-bid contract, $31 million so far, from McGraw-Hill Publishers, zero discount off the list price. And then the city has to pay an additional 7% fee to ship the books. It's estimated this contract, which was a no-bid contract, runs up to 31 point. Who's doing this? Maybe if the mayor wasn't so busy flitting around the world trying to find out how to run a World Cup, he might actually pay attention to what's going on in this city between the crime and the spending. It's ridiculous. Jason in New York City. New York, how are you, Jason? Welcome to WABC. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Doing good. How are you? Good, thank you. So uh, last week, I think you were talking about weather manipulation and Pizza Gate and how it was all fake and everything. And I'm here to tell you it's all real. Uh, there's a high-frequency auroral project in Alaska, and that controls weather. They control the mm-hmm. ionosphere, and they can make the hurricanes, oh, yeah. tornadoes, all that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah they and, point the weather to people. Yeah, and, and how about the 5G networks? Yeah, that's bad, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the chem the chemtrails? Yes. Uh-huh. Aluminum, mm-hmm. barium, strontium. Oh, yeah, baby. Some of the chemicals that they put in, it creates Alzheimer's and allergies. and. Oh, yeah, it creates Alzheimer's. Uh-huh, and the black helicopters over the neighborhood last night. Don't know about that. Oh, you didn't see uh, the black helicopters? No. Okay. Balenciaga. Balenciaga is just the tip of the iceberg uh, uh, on the Pizzagate thing. Now, what I keep hearing from people is that, look, I'm not trying to diminish child trafficking and all this stuff, but you do realize that this whole Pizzagate thing got somebody shot up, right? And it turned out to be bogus, right? You do realize that, right? Yeah, it's not bogus. I have a whole bunch of pictures and videos uh-huh, and everything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. if, if no, no, no. I, I don't want to see your pictures. So, no, thank you. The, the guy uh, that owns Pizza uh, Comet Pizza. But I do like the pictures of the chemtrails. I have people that send those to me. And they say, oh, look, another chemtrail. And I do watch, though. I like those pictures. So if you want to send me some chemtrail pictures, I'm good. But anyway, look, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm going to still say, nope, it wasn't real. And I ended up getting somebody killed almost. So you know what? Uh, I am very suspicious of all this kookness. 
and I don't go for it. But that doesn't mean, like I've had people telling me about this child trafficking thing. I just asked Lisa to get a hold of, uh, if she can, of James O'Keefe, because they're doing an expose on some child trafficking stuff that concerns the border. This child, look, folks, the stuff that we've been talking about these past few days with this Balenciaga and these, these child, this stuff is disturbing beyond belief. And so when our caller here says that we're at the tip of the iceberg of that, understand this, uh, Jason, I do believe you when it comes to that, that we are at the tip of the iceberg. I would not have believed that what we have seen in print the past few days with the pictures of these things, I am still having a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that there are people who are this twisted, perverted, and evil in the world to be engaged in this kind of stuff. So I'm not dismissing you entirely. But some of this stuff that you're talking about, like with these, some of this stuff, nah. Anyway, let's go to Steve in Central Jersey. How are you, Steve? You're welcome to Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? Hello, Mr. Bo James. I'm fine. Thank you, sir. Uh, Trump and Kanye here. Everybody's focused on the wrong ism. The ism I'm focused on is cynicism, all right? Something happened here. Now, I, there was a history here between Trump and Kanye. We remember Kanye was invited to the White House in 2018. Does everybody seem to forget that? All right. And the issue was Trump's issue at the point was why are people, mainly people of color, sitting in jail for too long for lower level offenses because they either can't meet uh, bail or an extended prison offenses. So Trump got on board with, yeah, these people shouldn't be sitting in jail for so long. It was a good moment for Kanye. Hey, what is Kanye? How does Kanye repay Trump a few days ago? He announces he's going to run for president. So I think Trump was invited Kanye down, no doubt about it, to have a little sit down and say, you know, Kanye, not really a good idea. And here's your mind right. And Kanye pulled a fast one. You know, you know what, Steve, because time's running out. Let me just yeah. give you my take on the Trump-Kanye thing. I don't care. Period. I don't care. I just don't. I'm, I'm, I love Trump. I'm for Trump running around. What Kanye says, you know, sometimes I listen and sometimes he's on point. Other times he sounds like a total madman and a lunatic. And you know what? The guy obviously has some issues. So sometimes you listen and you say, wow, that's smart. Other times you listen and you say, that's Kanye on his not good day. So anyway, we got to go. Show's over already. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, Cats at Night up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.